0: All right. So.
1: Are we recording? We are. Wow. Yo. Yep. What content?
0: <laughs> Much show.
1: Much podcast. <laughs> Very wow. <laughs> All right. Intro.
0: Intro time.
1: Intro. <laughs> I'm not doing the same song I did that one time. <laughs> <laughs> Which song was that? An intro. Time to do an intro. Intro. Alan. And then I stopped.
0: Amazing.
1: That's the intro to a different episode. <laughs>
0: Well, it's the intro to this one, too, now.
1: Wow! I have one original idea that I just repeat over and over. Like fan yeah. Oh, snap! Oh, snap! Shots fired.
0: Welcome to The Thick List.
1: Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you, you miss us?
0: Honestly, after the angsty end to last week's episode, I'm yeah. sure you were wondering, what other <laughs> horrors can they put upon us? Are they okay? <laughs> Answer is... No. <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: just kidding. We're better.
0: We're better. Yeah, Yeah.
1: We took a break.
0: Yep. Thank God. And
1: truly a break of like five minutes.
0: <laughs> Enough for me to pick up the heart that like fell out of my chest and then just yeah. put it back.
1: It also helps that the fix we're discussing in today's episode are a little bit lighter. Yeah. Not quite so emotionally devastating. No,
0: no Quelliot to be seen.
1: None. I was told explicitly not to pick <laughs> any more magicians for a little while, and I didn't. <laughs> I'm proud
0: of you. We put yep. you on a leash.
1: Yep. I have been contained.
0: You're on the road to recovery.
1: Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> this is a temporary step.
0: <laughs> a reprieve. So, what's our first tag?
1: Do we even have a tag today? I can't remember.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why you?
1: Because the first tag is amnesia, friends. There it is. <laughs> and then our AU for today is YouTubers AU, which is kind of niche, but something that I have read a I... decent amount of because it's a really intriguing one. I love it. It's great. It's when it's so done well, good. it is Fantastic.
0: Agree, a hundred percent. Yeah. I spend a lot of my time instead of watching Netflix or TV shows, I watch YouTube videos. I
1: do too. I do what I call YouTube spiraling, where you just yes. start on one video and you see another, and you're like, yep, 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 and then you two hours later, you're like, wow, fuck. Where have I been? Yeah, I've just been like watching Colleen Ballinger for three hours or whatever yep. it is, and you're like, oh my god.
0: All right, so should I start?
1: Yeah, why don't you start? Great. You want to start with Amnesia? And then we can touch YouTuber oh, you.
0: Yeah, let's do okay. let's do Amnesia. What
1: did I send you?
0: Aaron, you sent me Falling Into You. It's an MCU fandom fic.
1: Who is surprised?
0: It's a Stony fic.
1: Also not surprised. Yeah.
0: <laughs> By the author is Saber Sabric MC. S A B R E C M uh, C. it's on Archive of Our Own and the summary reads Tony and Steve end up as fuck buddies after the events of the Winter Soldier until Steve calls it off. When Loki's spell wipes all of Steve's memories since the last time Loki was in town, Tony decides it would be so much easier to just not tell Steve they had something of a relationship. Spoiler, it isn't. Or how Steve fell in love with Tony and forgot about it and how Tony fell in love with Steve and realized it. And that subtitle is really the best summary, I think, for this film. that's
1: very much the crux of it.
0: Yeah. Back in our old haunting grounds, the MCU. We've
1: made it back. Yeah. You told me no more magicians. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I took it to heart. I'm well, glad you're here. <laughs> so I was like, well, I only read so many other fics. So <laughs> we're going back to old territory.
0: Yeah. Um. So this one is relatively long, like about 53,000 words.
1: It's 11 chapters, but a good number of those are fan art at the end. I didn't yeah. realize that.
0: Or I, I forgot as I was reading it. So I was reading it. Yeah. I got to the end of the fic and I was like, oh my God, And I still have four chapters. This is the perfect ending. It should end here. And it did. And I was like, oh, oh, thank God they're fan art. Yeah. Because <laughs> okay. at that point I still had another three books to read and I was like thank god
1: yeah and I really love when authors put fan art of their work at the end I think that's actually really kind of a nice thing. I love it yeah Yeah. it's just such a like cute little fandom thing that happens and it's just so supportive and lovely
0: it's artists like recognizing other artists when people are inspired by the things that you write crazy
1: yeah I love that
0: Incredible, yeah. So I will start by saying which no one is surprised, I haven't seen the Winter Soldier.
1: We've discussed this previously and it still breaks my heart. I am
0: so sorry. It's you need fine. to just get me here and not like tell me you're gonna feed me or something and then just play the winter soldier in the background. <laughs> I will
1: force feed you winter soldier. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so there was a lot of the events that were a little muddy to me and I wasn't sure That's where fair. they fit.
1: It bounced between a couple of Avengers storylines that yeah. I think if you forgot some of those plot points and those pillars aren't there for you, it was a yeah. little hard to get your ground.
0: It was interesting. Yeah. So the fix starts at the hospital. Tony and Natasha are waiting to see Steve, who has just had the last two years of his memories wiped by a spell that Loki cast. Yeah. Which means that all he remembers is like he was unfrozen two months ago or something like that.
1: He basically remembers the events of Avengers 1. Yes. And that's really it. Which, when you think about everything that's happened in the MCU past that point to where we are now, the sheer volume of events in between that point and where they land, that's a lot of time.
0: A lot. And most of the fic is told alternating between present and flashback Mm -hmm. Um, and most of the flashback well all the flashback scenes are Tony's and you you find out that he's kind of grappling with the fact that Cap is not going to have memories anymore of how he and Tony were fuck buddies and had started having sex and were having this like relationship that wasn't a relationship that was Mm -hmm. undefined and Him being really angry about that and all this stuff. And Natasha being like, go easy on Steve because he doesn't remember anything like of you guys being friends or, you know, whatnot.
1: Anything, yeah. Yeah.
0: Steve takes everything in stride, like, pretty well. He's just like, okay, yeah, uh, Yeah. that that makes sense. I've lost my memories, but okay. Um, He's like,
1: I'm already, like, 80 years in the future and a super soldier. (laughs) To quote John Mulaney, this may as well happen. Correct.
0: So a lot of the early fic is... Steve kind of acclimating again to living in the tower, and Tony like trying to be helpful but not knowing how. Mm-hmm. And a lot of flashbacks to Steve and Tony and how they got started, how they started having sex and stuff, which was essentially the tension just got too much to bear, and they Tony kissed Steve, and then they ended up banging him in his lab. Um, As is
1: want to happen. As is want fix. to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. Happens a lot in Stony.
0: Really in the, yeah. in the lab.
1: In the lab specifically, where they're having a fight and it's a thing wasn't necessarily out of the realm of the typical. <laughs> no, not at all.
0: The whole story is Tony being so afraid of what he's feeling that he like doesn't realize it.
1: Right. And him sort of like skirting all of the moments where Steve is trying to make their relationship more serious. Right. Than it has been. So it has been very fuck buddy relationship, but he will be like oh, I heard about this great burger place. Do you want to go get dinner? And, like, Tony will respond, yeah, I'll grab the team. Whatever it is, he'll find a way to sort of, like, not make it a date and basically shut Steve down. Tony's kind of so oblivious that he doesn't even realize that's what he's doing. Exactly. Because he just can't process his own feelings in a healthy manner.
0: Exactly. So at some point early on, Steve asks the group, they're having, like, a game night, was I dating anyone? Really Mm -hmm. hopefully, like, with a little hopeful glimmer in his eyes. And, of course... Tony's like, Ugh. oh, because I don't, so because of what Aaron mentioned, you know, Tony just continuously shooting Steve down when Steve wanted to go on dates and stuff. Uh, Steve ended it then, uh, said he couldn't do it anymore. And Tony doesn't really understand why.
1: Yeah. And that was like right before the amnesia took hold. So Correct. like, ooh, awkward. <laughs>
0: yep. So for Steve to ask if he was seeing anyone, Tony's like, ooh, I mean, no, Yeah. but maybe.
1: Yeah.
0: So they, they tell him no, and then at some point, uh, Tony just decides, you know, I I want to try to, like, get to know him better, to, like, get some of that back. And, oh, early on, when Tony's trying to get Steve to, like, reacclimate or whatnot, he takes mm-hmm. him on a tour of the tower. Mm-hmm. Um, they go to the gym and, like... He sees a Shifty, which is the punching bag. Oh, yeah. And Steve asks, why is that punching bag named Shifty? And Tony has this whole flashback memory of pre-amnesia Steve punched it. And he's like, it was looking Shifty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's named Shifty. And it's like a lot of moments like that. And, you know, Tony, like, has his hardness. But only like, it's an inside joke. You yep. wouldn't understand. And so Tony takes Steve to his apartment, to Steve's apartment. And, like, tells him, you used to draw on this. Uh, you know, these are all your stuff. And... If You need anything? Just let me know. And Steve's like, "Cool, thanks." Tony's like, "Anything at all? I- I'm here.
1: Any little bit of a thing that you could need."
0: So I'm I'm leaving now. Oh, did, did you see something? No. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I leave.
0: Right. yeah. Uh, very much that. Fast forward a bit to there's a like gala or some sort, and Tony's at the bar watching Steve being hounded by a ton of people who want to like talk to him and shake his hand or take a picture with him, and he remembers how it used to be he would always be next to Steve, like kind of fending that attention off because he's very much a showboat and Steve is not. And yeah. he Tony thought of it as his job yeah. and wanting to go out there, but he also didn't want to like intrude. And Steve was the one who insisted on coming out to the scallop because everyone was telling him, hey, you don't have to. You're still like getting the hang of things. And he was like, no, I want to go because Steve is very tired of being coddled. Yeah. So, Tony's trying to give him some space and whatnot. And I think there's a flashback to when t- Tony asks Steve to go to, like, a social function with him. Steve is like, well, I don't really know how to dance. And Tony's like, well, I can teach you. And Steve is like, oh, really? Would you, would you would really? And he's like, he has this, like, really hopeful, like, mm-hmm. smile It's really cute. And Tony's like, yeah, sure. And he grabs his tablet and types in on YouTube. Like, he's like, here, this, this channel, like, shows really simple steps and, like, you can learn yeah. it really quick. And Steve just looks so crestfallen. He's like, oh, yeah, great. Then, like, well, I guess I better go learn this before the thing. So like, yep, bye. Yeah. And it's so heartbreaking.
1: Yep. I just keep breaking your heart. <laughs>
0: You're not kind to me.
1: I'm not. I break my own heart too, if it makes you feel <laughs> yeah, better. <that> good. <laughs> yeah.
0: So we're back at the amnesia timeline. Right. And Steve starts to like hold up his arm like he has the shield in front of mm-hmm. him. Kind of like. So he's like very uncomfortable. It looks like he's having an episode. And so Tony like
1: swoops, swoops in. in
0: as natasha puts it swoops it does this thing and takes him out into like the balcony and stuff and steve is like you don't have to coddle me and he's very angry and tony's like no this is what we used to do i'm comfortable doing this because i've done it my whole life and you are comfortable with other things and this is our dynamic yeah and yeah. steve was like oh okay <laughs> and tony then says well, i hear that there's a place close by that has the best onion rings in the city you want to just dip and go and Steve was like, yeah, let's do that. So they go to the diner and they have a good old time. Flashback to that time when Steve asked Tony if he wanted to go to this particular diner. And Tony was like, nope, thanks.
1: So Tony's like basically righting the wrongs that he has... Done Steve without really without recognizing it. that that's what he's doing exactly point, and realizing that he will really like Steve and he's like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> it's
0: very much the personification of you don't know what you have until you've lost it, yeah. Because that's he, what Tony's he's ge- realizing. He's getting another chance at this and he's like, How could I have never realized that you know he's so funny and he's so warm and he makes me feel this way? Um, so at the end of the diner date, they go back to Steve's, uh, they're in the common room at the tower. And Tony just, like, goes for the kiss. And Steve, like, pushes him back and he's like, no, I'm not that way. Sorry, you know, I, you know, I'm not that way. And Tony is like, oh, he hasn't come to terms with the fact that, you know, he might not be straight. Two months ago, he was in the 50s? 40s. 40s. He was in the 40s. He, right? was, he was old enough fun. to enlist
1: in the 40s. Right. So, different time.
0: <laughs> exactly. it's just really cool moment. Maybe not cool moment, but there's this really fascinating moment early on in one of the flashbacks where... Tony found a paper that Steve had to fill out to enlist that basically said that he had never engaged in any like perverted uh, actions or homosexual type things. Devious Yeah, devious, that was the word, yeah. And he's throwing it in Steve's face, and Steve was like, well, it was a very different time. One of the things that Tony's kind of grappling with throughout the entire fic is that, and this is very much a fandom thing, where his dad had this, like, idolization of Captain America and all that, and neglected Tony, essentially. In this fic, Tony hated his dad for it, and hated Captain America for it, but was also weirdly obsessed with Captain America. Right. And so, he thinks, like, well, if if he had been honest, or if he he had come out, if I'd known that Captain America was gay, that would have done a lot from my self-esteem when i was a a young kid Mm -hmm. and it's such an interesting dynamic And
1: steve is like you can't put that on me exactly you can't it was a different time i could not possibly have done that
0: it's one of those really interesting things
1: navigating queer history in fic is so interesting to me because i think when you're looking at historical placements you do have to reckon with the ways in which queerness existed in history and like that's an interesting moment of like how we perceive public queerness now Versus how it existed in history. Like, not very far away history. yeah. And, like, how much change has happened in the last, you know, 50 years or so. Because really, when you're looking at World War II, you're looking at 10 years before Stonewall, at least. Yeah. And well before the AIDS crisis and 50 years before gay marriage. Yeah. And we're on the other side of that now, having our own experiences of queerness and what that looks like And for a modern-day character to grapple with somebody who is very much before what we consider the, like, pillars of queer history in the modern era, that is an interesting dynamic. Yeah,
0: I love it. So from then on, he, he apologizes to Steve and he's like, you know, I'm sorry, let's just go back to being friends and whatnot. And then he pulls out all the stops. He asks Jarvis, like, is there any clips of Steve asking me out to things? Jarvis is like, yeah, I found forty-seven instances. Here are the videos. And Tony's like, motherfucker. He's like, well, there has to be times where I asked him to do things. Jarvis, what? How many times did I ask Steve to go to things? And and Jarvis is like, I have found six instances, and Steve said yes to all of them, whereas Tony said yes to like. Four or something yeah, like, like nothing that. exactly he like said he was like, no so, instances exactly so tony then takes those like videos and basically takes steve to do the things that steve was asking him to do yeah so at one point he takes him to the metropolitan right yeah i think they go,
1: i think they go to the Met.
0: and there's so many like really cute details in it like there's mm-hmm. at one point a big thing is that tony realizes that when they're in the workshop that tony will just start talking about like astrodynamics or whatnot and thermodynamics. And Steve is just not like it's flying over his head, but Steve is just happy to hear him talk about something that he likes so much. And so when he's giving Steve the tour He notices in Steve's apartment, like a really beat up copy of like an astrodynamics textbook. Mm -hmm. And he's like, why does he have this? And we as readers understand that it's because Steve was trying to understand something that is important to Tony a little bit more. So Tony going to the museum is kind of him like, oh, I know he likes art. Let me do that. And it's so sweet. Yeah. And at some point, I think at the end of that, they go to the Met and then afterwards they go to have fondue because mm-hmm. that's something that Steve had told him pre-amnesia that he had never had and he was curious to try.
1: Right. And it was a reference back to Captain America First Avengers where like he and Peggy had that conversation about fondue. Oh, it's a thing. I Alan. So the fondue became like a joke. When he had a crush on Peggy in the first uh, Captain America movie. Yeah. And Peggy was talking about going to fondue with some guy. And she really meant, like, go out to, you know, eat or whatever. And they were driving around or something. And he was like, oh, so you and he fondue? (laughs) And fondue became a little bit of a euphemism.
0: Adorable. And
1: so when he brings it up, it's a reference to Um, Peggy. um. And that's also where his little moment of like, oh, you are making fun of me from. Oh, I see. Which is, maybe wouldn't have made sense. It didn't. Steve's response is like, oh, now I know you're just pulling my leg. Yep, yeah, exactly. And he was like, no, 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 I'm serious. Like, let's go do this. And he was like, Are you sure you're not making fun of me because oh, this is a thing that people make fun of so me Oh,
0: sweet. Yeah,
1: he's like, no, we're going to actually go try this.
0: And, oh, I yeah. wish I had that context. Yeah. So they go have fondue and they have a lovely old time. At some point, I think at the end of the evening, Steve asks them, were we dating And Tony's like, uh, what do you mean? (laughs) Huh? And Steve is like, why is it always you? Like, I have dreams about you every night. You asked me out to do a bunch of things that I like to do.
1: You know so much about me.
0: I have drawings. I have so many sketches of your hands, Mm
1: -hmm. of you.
0: And it's like, oh. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yep. And that's when Tony's like, no, we, we weren't dating, but I felt like we could if we wanted to, and I want to. Yeah. And Steve was like, okay, great. So I'll see you tomorrow for lunch. And so they're going to have lunch the following morning. But Tony gets up a little earlier to, like, make toast and coffee and be cute for things. Mm-hmm. Um, and Steve comes out and says, okay, I'm just going to grab a shower. Goes to the shower. Comes back. It No. Yeah, no, 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 no. I just remembered everything. I apologize.
1: <laughs> you just unamnesiaed yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm back, everyone. Yep.
1: Alan remembers yesterday when oh he read this book.
0: So one of the flashbacks that Tony has is of Steve opening up to Tony about a good day he remembers, which was mm-hmm. him and Bucky like on a rooftop in Brooklyn listening to a Dodgers game eating Cracker Jack mm-hmm. and how Bucky got like the cool prize, the decoder ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just one of his good days. And so Tony was going to be really cute. And he looked for a, the one game that the Dodgers won in Brooklyn, but he asked Jarvis to find that footage and like cleaned it up, and, like, enhanced it. He hunted down original Cracker Jack with the decoder ring for Steve. He was going all out. He bought, what was it, like, glass Coca-Cola stuff? Mm -hmm. Like, he was going all out for this date, and Steve walks in as Tony is, like, prepping everything and says, so Thor came back, and Tony's like, oh, because Thor went to Asgard to look for Loki to find a reversal for the spell, which means that Steve remembers everything and is very angry and very hurt that Tony would take advantage of his amnesia after Steve said, I don't want anything to do with you. In his eyes, it's just Tony, again, yanking him in. And Tony has to be like, no, I didn't understand. I didn't see these things. And it's a lovely moment of of him, like, talking about how he has problems connecting with people and, like, verbalizing those his needs and wants. And then they make out. Yeah, That's the end of the story. And it's wonderful.
1: Once again, a dynamic that I'm like, hmm. I might be shoving myself into this (laughs) a little bit. Which one are you? Both.
0: (laughs) At the same time. Yep. Incredible.
1: It's great, though.
0: So, I liked this fic quite a bit. My only gripe, and it's a pretty, pretty big one, Mm. is... This is very much the type of fic that you like, which is, it is all like it's just so much descriptors and like this is what Tony's thinking and like and like this is what Steve is thinking. And it's very heady. It's so heady. It's so fucking like to the point where I feel like the narrative becomes circular and like we talk about mm. the same thing over and over like three times before we finally move on. Yeah. And I'm like, We can condense this and like really focus in on the narrative and it would be phenomenal.
1: I think that's a fair critique.
0: That was the only thing that was driving me crazy about this fic because I was like, I was in it and I was, I loved all of the, like, I thought the relationships were there. Really dynamic and fascinating characterization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just, it was so, it just dragged a long time. Yeah. But I really enjoyed this fic. I thought it was really good. I would give this 3.1.
1: Yeah, I was going to guess 3.2 for you, so that's actually pretty on the nose. I I
0: was thinking 3.2, but then I was like, "Mm, I I feel like I default to 3.2 a lot. Yeah. But yeah, 3.1, I feel comfortable there.
1: Yay. Yay. What did I read from you? Oh. Yep. (laughs) In another episode of, Aaron's going to fuck up the names.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I cannot wait.
1: And this is something that I should know. (laughs) The theory? Alan sent me technically two fix for this, but they are two one-shots that... Really should have been one two part fic in exactly, my opinion. Yeah. So I understand why he sent both of these. The title is called "It's Only a Paper Moon," and this was written by Whitakers, W H I T T A C K E R S, <laughs> on Archive of Our Own. It is a Les Misérables fandom Do fic. Do you
0: hear the people sing singing <laughs> the song of, of angry Vicks. Vicks.
1: <laughs> It is between. I <laughs> don't you know. <what> it is. <laughs> I was more confident with the Naruto It That's so fascinating. I believe... Enhoras?
0: Enjolras.
1: Oh, fuck. En... <laughs> <laughs> <Andra. laughs> I cannot pronounce French, guys. I went to France and spoke Spanish. That's a real true story. Oh um, in college, I went to That's visit amazing. Paris because a friend was studying abroad there, and instead of attempting to learn minor French phrases, I asked everyone if they could speak Spanish because I could speak enough conversational Spanish to get through because I cannot speak French. That's and sh- sure, Ange... And Grantaire? Sure. Angel-
0: Angel- yeah. Okay, that one's a little easier. It might have, like, a different pronunciation, but I just want to say Grantaire yeah, in my
1: head. okay. It's an alternate universe, modern setting fic. Yes. It's also sort of, like, an established relationship. They're married and all this kind of stuff. The summary of this fic. Grantaire goes to sleep one night, drunk, depressed, and hopeless. He wakes up married, successful, and in love, with no memory of how it's happened. Unfortunately, Grinter's brain won't accept nice things happening to him. And I read that summary and I was like, oh, Ellen gets me. <laughs> as a person <laughs> and I was like oh it's gonna it's gonna be dark yeah. <laughs> Okay, oh, great we open Grantaire is literally drinking straight out of a bottle having like a depressive episode mm-hmm. he's a painter and he's attempting to paint something for his university's art program but he's struggling and he's basically just trashing himself and being like this sucks he goes to try to get more alcohol stands up and then goes to like throw the canvas or otherwise like hurt it falls cracks his head on the counter and blacks out. There's kind of like a moment, there's like a line break, and then he wakes up and he's in a hospital bed and he sees this like beautiful man <laughs> sitting next to him and goes, Oh my name or whatever it is. Yeah, oh, that's him. good. And it's like literal angel standing next to me. And it's e- no, Ross. <laughs> <Angel Ross. laughs> angel Ross. and you know he's sitting there holding his hand, he's like, do not ever put me through this again. And he's like, Who are you? <laughs> What did I do to you? And that's the moment you realize that he has amnesia and actually six years or so six, yeah. has passed between the opening moment in university and where he is now. Mm-hmm. So he's lost six years of his life, including his entire relationship with his husband.
0: <laughs> husband! Can I just really quick? I hope that that's how I find my husband. <laughs> just wake up one day in the yeah. hospital and a beautiful man's next to me. I'd be so happy. Oh, we
1: are an established couple. Great from there they sort of call in all of his friends mm-hmm. and this correlates to all of the guys in the barricade mm-hmm. in the show the and in, in the book and all of that mm-hmm. and they all come running in and they're like oh this is great you're awake woohoo and he's like who the fuck is you <laughs> 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 it's like I'm glad I have so many friends this seems atypical of me because right. I was very depressed like two minutes ago mm-hmm. but like one of his friends was from before you know the point at which he's regressed to so he knows, he knows that this is legitimately his life he just is like oh I don't remember any of this. It takes like, pretty well in stride considering he's yeah, like oh, okay like I would have a full on panic attack but sure he's like wait how did this happen and then and Angel Ross <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> is like we were at a protest and Grunter's like that doesn't sound like me <laughs> he's like well. I was at a protest, and you went with me, and we got separated, and you kind of got pushed down the stairs, or something happened, mm-hmm. bashed your head in, and now we're here. And he he's like, well, what were we protesting? And Angel Ross is like, <laughs> this is bad.
0: I'm gonna just isolate that clip, and I'm gonna put it as my ringtone.
1: Yeah, it is like... Well, let's not get into it too much. And he's kind of like, all right, I'll put this on the back burner for now. And they kind of go back home. They decide to sort of piece together his memories in a way that he can kind of relearn them. Just Mm -hmm. like by rote. And Angel Ross makes Mm -hmm. him a, like, flip book of all of his relationships. Like all of his friendships and stuff, which is super cute. And Grantero is really struggling, but in a way that he's really internalizing and... Angel Ross is also very sad and also internalizing. So, you watch these two sort of walk around each other and they don't know how to be married anymore yeah. because Grantara has never known this person. Mm-hmm. But Angel Ross relies on him so much. And is, like, so deeply devastated by was happened, but can't really show it. So there's that dynamic. And, like, they sleep separately for the first time in forever. Yeah. Grantaire feels bad about it, but also is, like, really uncomfortable. And, like, it's yeah. a whole thing. Grantaire has regressed to a point in which he is not in a good mental health place. And feels very much like now he has to pretend to be okay when he's not. And he's like, I have become this thing that everybody expects me to become or wants me to become. And I have no idea how to be that because... Like, two minutes ago, I was a drunk, depressed college student who wasn't going to go anywhere or do anything. And now all of a sudden, he also owns his own gallery. Yeah. He's this, like, devoted husband, by all accounts. He's been really kind and, like, gracious with his friends. He has all of these friends. And he gets really frustrated having to, like, perform this. And he actually slips back into drinking when he had been sober. Yeah. For at least four years, so it's pretty much that. Yeah. Like, there isn't a lot of like narrative touch points Mm-mm. to go from plot wise, um, particularly in the first fic. Yeah, I was actually a little frustrated by the end of the first fic because Same. it really ends with. His friends are coming over and they're going to watch a movie and they're like, oh, we forgot that you, you know, forgot that there's this Star Wars movie that they rebooted. Isn't that great? We're <laughs> going to watch Star Wars. And Granter has decided that, like, he's going to cuddle with Angel Ross and, like, live this life, but he hasn't remembered a damn thing of it. Right. So it's very much choosing to keep portraying this, even yeah. though he's uncomfortable, which is a really unsettling and unsatisfying ending. Agreed. Which is interesting as a narrative choice. So Alan, when he sent me this fic, also included a comment in the Google Doc which said, I'm going to make the sequel to this required reading, so go mm-hmm. and skip ahead to that. So I did. A Canvas Sky is the sequel or the continuation of the narrative where Granta really hits rock bottom. Mm-hmm. He starts drinking heavily, hiding it from Angel Ross and not copying to it. He isn't painting. He isn't meeting up with his friends, but he starts to slowly recover his memories Yeah. And he has to, like, grapple with those because he realizes that it's not all good. So he has this idea of who he had become in his head as this, like, perfect, devoted husband and all of these things. But then he remembers, like, the times where they had broken up. And it was because Angel Ross had done something wrong or they had a really nasty fight. And he kind of talks about how he's like, I was sort of living in ignorant bliss of how painful this was now that I have this pain back. It's like, oh, this is something that I, I wish it wasn't so raw again. So he slowly but surely renews his memory. And in that... The protest kind of comes back into play because it becomes clear that Angel Ross, one of the things that he's working on that's keeping him up at night is this case. He's a lawyer and it's a labor dispute case, but it's actually a really dangerous case. Mm -hmm. And the reason Grantaire might have fallen down the stairs could actually have been the plaintiffs in this case shoving him down the stairs and intentionally harming him. And that had been something that they had been fighting about because Grantaire knew that this was going to be a very dangerous case. Mm -hmm. And Angel Ross decided that it was more important to take out this slumlord guy than to protect himself or grantaire And now he's living with the guilt of that decision because he sees yep. that it really hurt him and stuff. And he remembers that fight now and, like, that's coming back to him and they have to, like, parse through those arguments again in a very real way. Yeah. In the end, again, it's sort of long and... Fragmented. Fragmented and a little bit meandering. But in the end, Angel does win the case which is good. Grantaire largely remembers his life. He gets it all back in this really sweet trip to the aquarium with yes. his friends. So his friends take him to the aquarium and he was like, how often do we go to the aquarium? This seems a little odd. And his friend sort of cryptically answers like, we go when we need to. And it sort of becomes clear that that's their little like therapy session place where they go to like talk about their lives. And in sort of divulging that he had been drinking again and really struggling, his memories come back of the aquarium and it kind of unlocks the whole thing. So that ends up being pretty good. And he, he, and Joras like definitely move past their fight and reach sort of an understanding of like why he had to do the case and why it was good that he did it ultimately and like they move forward from there Mm -hmm. the stronger for it. Yes. But it was it was a little bit narratively meandery. Yes. I didn't mean I didn't like it. I actually quite liked it. Yeah. But it's hard to recap something with very thin right. plot line.
0: And one of the reasons I chose this was for the last four episodes, I my heart of hearts I was like I know I need to introduce uh Angela and Grantaire into the mix. Yeah. I just didn't know wh- when the time was. And uh-huh. I found this one. I was like, perfect. The time has come.
1: You're like, I can't wait to hear Erin butcher this name no! every time
0: she says it. Honestly, I thought you were going to butcher the, the Japanese name so like, no. you couldn't do the French. <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
1: what happened? It's way worse with French.
0: That's so interesting. I don't understand French. Um, but one of the reasons I chose this was because I kind of like to choose things specifically for the general tags that take a new twist on them. hmm and I thought that this was really interesting in that I feel like a lot of amnesia fix are from the point of view of not the person going through the amnesia. Yeah. But like, oh. People around him. Exactly. Like, yeah. oh, he lost his memory and we're trying to help him. But this was pretty heavy on Grand Terre. It's
1: truly from his perspective. Like,
0: literally the first bit, like, he's in college. He's, like, hating himself, hating his work. Hits his head, boom, wakes up. And, like, that is mm-hmm. so interesting. That's such a good, like, jump.
1: Yeah. I love the way they dissect... And Jill Ross a little bit because mm-hmm. there's a moment where he struggles with Grantaire's memory loss and he's like A piece of me thinks your brain is cutting me out because the moment you're talking about was two weeks before we met. So did you want to forget me?
0: Oh, that's right.
1: like, that character is so charismatic and so larger than life that to be able to strip that back a little bit and be like, what would it be like actually being that person? Not necessarily always being on. Mm -hmm. What does that person look like behind closed doors? And I think that was a really interesting character question and it explored it in a really meaty, sort of juicy way. Yeah. And one of the things that he says, too, he was like, you know, you're going to remember some things that aren't flattering. Like, there was a period of time where, like, you broke up with me yeah, because of right. how awful I was being. And is like, well, how could I possibly have broken up with you? And he's like, you'll remember. Like, there was a point in my life where I was not... good person to you and like Mm -hmm. that's why we broke up so having that dynamic was i thought really mature and really interesting and a really compelling again sort of perspective shift exactly where Granter is sort of like glossed over some of the like edgier bits of other people in his life but putting so much on himself right to then have to be like no i'm actually a pretty good person (laughs) i'm just getting the pieces of context back together exactly gives me a fuller picture of the people around me yeah
0: I feel like amnesia fics usually deal with the coming back of memories in like one of two ways. It either happens off screen or it happens and like they have like a headache and like it all comes rushing back and it feels really mm-hmm. overwhelming. This fic didn't do it that way. So this is a quote. Like a painting you've walked past a hundred times and only seen the colors and lines that you suddenly realize the shape of, Grantaire realizes his life. It, it's just from one moment to the next, it's there. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting.
1: It's felt to me like this person did a little bit more research into traumatic brain injury mm-hmm. than just, oh, I'm going to use this in a fic as a device. Right. It felt like this was somebody who put a little bit of research into it mm-hmm. about what would happen if you had this kind of brain injury, how it would be handled, what the symptoms would be, that kind of stuff. It seemed very grounded yeah. in a reality. And I don't know anything about traumatic brain injury in that way, so yeah. I have no idea if it's actually, but it read very measured and right. a lot less like oh, this dramatic thing happened, and more like, oh, this is what this would be like yeah. to have this experience.
0: Agreed, yeah. So would you rate it, Aaron?
1: It is good. I think, despite my sort of, like, assessment of it as meandering, I yeah, would, that's... I think this is a four for me. Oh, Like, it's okay. pretty good. You did really well with your choices this time around. Thank you, God. Yeah, I would say that <laughs> this is good. Like, it's something that I actually kind of want to read more in this universe and, like, see this... Flush out a little bit more. It's a ship that I understand and instinctively I'm like, ooh. There'll there's... be more. Because it totally makes sense. <laughs> Yay, I'm and glad. I really, Yeah, I liked a lot. Oh, I'm so glad. So the next tag the is our next AU tag, tag, which is the one that I think we're really excited about Perfect! for this episode, which is YouTubers. I love it. Do you want me to start or do you want to start? I can start. Okay.
0: So you sent me
1: <laughs>
0: Do It For The Views, uh, written by Emma of Misthaven. It is on Archive of Our Own, and it is a To All the Boys I've Loved Before fic.
1: A new fandom! Yeah! I'm
0: so proud of you. A
1: miracle. Have you seen this movie yet? Alan? No. Alan? I
0: have not.
1: Alan, this movie is incredible. I know. I
0: know, I would love it. You
1: would. It's so so good. And this is something that you lose something if you don't have the movie behind you.
0: Well, darn. Maybe I'll come back to it. Yep. So the summary reads. So, we are talking one collab every month and a half on Lara Jean's channel, and two appearance every fortnight on Peter's, Trina outlines after half an hour of discussion of agreed terms, as well as five pictures each per month on Instagram. Sounds perfect to me, Peter's manager agrees, because that is Laura Jean's life now, drafting a contract not just for a collaboration with Peter, but for a fake dating arrangement between the two of them. And look, Lara Jean is not stupid. She gets it. Lots of celebrities date for PR, and she even knows a YouTuber or two who had sketchy relationships for views. She just never really thought she would be one of those people, though. Parentheses. The one where Peter is a vlogger, Lara Jean has a baking channel, and everything is clickbait.
1: Incredible. This is one of those summaries where they just plucked. They
0: just, yeah. It's yeah, a piece of it. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Which is fine. Yeah, so this is a YouTuber fic, and Lara Jean has this, like, baking channel, mm-hmm. and it started off as not a really big thing, but her sister Kitty gets a new camera for her birthday, and she's like, alright, we're gonna make it big. And really, like, Lara Jean starts to make a make a following for herself. She's, like, in the intermediate. She's not, like, um, yeah. A-list, but she's, like, she's well-known enough to, like, go to VidCon and do things. Yeah,
1: like, she's certainly well-known enough enough where that's her job. Like, yeah. she is a YouTuber by trade. Exactly. Which is sort of the step up from, I have a day job, but do YouTube on the side. Mm-hmm. She has reached the point where this, like, pays the bills. But exactly. she's not huge yet. And she's certainly not as big as Peter Kavinsky, who is the leader of this, like, squad of vloggers.
0: Of course. So, this picks up when Lara Jean goes to her third VidCon. Mm-hmm. So, Lucas comes up to her at some point and tells her uh, he was instructed by Chris to... Take her to a party at a penthouse that yeah. turns out to be Peter Kaminsky's penthouse. Yeah. And so she texts Kitty, who is, like, all about the YouTuber stuff, and she's really into it, and she's like, we are going. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And Largie's like, all right, I guess, whatever, sure.
0: Uh-huh. She's like, I doesn't usually go to those things, but mm-hmm. every no- now and again, she, she likes to dabble.
1: Yeah, she's like, I'll go, sure. If Kitty wants to go. Chris is a friend, so sure.
0: Yep. So she's at this party, and she's talking to a drunk Chris when the guy next to her, like, inserts into the conversation, recognizes her, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then the guy next to her, of course, is Peter Kavinsky. And... They, you know, get to talking and there's, you know, some flirting. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where it flash forward like a few hours later to like people are leaving the party. People are asleep, passed out on couches and stuff. And they're still talking and just having a really good time. Yeah. Eventually she realizes what time it is and she's like, oh, I've got to go. And... They go back to their hotel room and a day ends when she checks Instagram and she has a notification, P underscore Kavinsky started following you. And it's so cute. And then, so she's back at her house after VidCon and her manager calls her and asks without any greeting, what did you do? And Largina's like, I just woke up. What? <laughs>
1: I <have> nothing. Why? <laughs> I just woke
0: up from like sleeping for 10 hours after VidCon. And her manager's like, you just gained almost 8,000 subscribers overnight. And it just yeah. keeps going up. What the heck happened? Yep. Um, so, some research uh, from Kitty shows that Peter Kavinsky gave her channel like credit in one of his vlogs because yeah. that's when, that's his big thing as he does daily vlogs or whatnot. Yeah. And she, I, yeah, she appeared like for a split second, so he credited yeah. her. And so people have started to like,
1: like ooh speculate. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This fake does this thing that I love, which is they create fake comments uh-huh. with like the time the YouTube comments oh, with this it's so dance. good. Love it. So people are asking, like, who's that girl with him at three twenty six? Jen has left the chat. OMFG, is that song Bakery with Peter? Are they
1: dating? From Mrs. Kavinsky. The YouTuber. So good.
0: It's amazing. Yeah,
1: and that's the first sort of time that they talk about Jen, who in the movie is Peter's ex-girlfriend, who he, like, fake dates Laura Jean to get back at. Oh. Yeah.
0: So we cut to... But the little excerpt that I read from the summary, which is uh, Laura Jean and at her agent's office with Peter Kavinsky and his agent, talking about the terms of a fake relationship. Laura Jean's kind of awkward about things because she doesn't know how to, like, she doesn't like being in a vlog. It's, like, she doesn't like the, mm-hmm. the daily thing or the pranks that they do. So she's feeling, like, really uncomfortable and doesn't know how to start. Um, so I think they start with a co- collab on her channel mm-hmm. where she asks Peter, like, what would you want me to make you? And what what is she making of Fruit
1: Fruitcake cookies.
0: Fruitcake cookies. Is that a thing
1: in the movie? No. Oh,
0: thank God. No.
1: And she was just like, why he chose fruitcake cookies, I don't know, but there's no accounting for taste. And he's like, it's a good idea. And she's like, no, it's not.
0: It's so <laughs> but good. But I
1: indulge you. Yep.
0: And so they do this collab and it goes really well. And from there, it's a lot of like instances of like her getting more comfortable on his vlogs and like... Getting a sense of humor and kind of being adopted by the squad. And mm-hmm. she's, like, really starting to feel like part of a family and, like...
1: And spending a lot of time with Peter.
0: Yeah, like, he will just come like over... Like, actual time with yeah, him. Yeah, he will just come over when she's, like, prepping a video or something or mm-hmm. be editing on the floor next to her while she's cleaning up. And she mentions that he ends up with flour in his hair without realizing that.
1: Yeah. And so they just sort of do the date... They do, like, a pseudo-dating thing, but it's not... It's all fake. Like, it's not... They aren't actually dating, but they really get to know each other and, like, yeah. develop this relationship that is more real than I think they had expected. Exactly.
0: One of the parts I really liked was uh, when... I think this is one of her first visits to the house, if not the first visit to, uh, like, the squad's house. And Peter pulls her side and says, would you, would you mind doing the outro for this vlog with me? Mm-hmm. And so she's like, no, of course. And he's talking, like, oh, that's it for today's blog- vlog. This is Lara Jean. Make sure to check out the video that we did on her channel. And she says, spoilers, Peter has terrible taste in cookies. And then he's like, no, I have amazing taste in cookies. They turn off the camera and he laughs and says, oh, well, you're not going to let me live it down? And she's like, never. And he says, I mean, it's okay to have bad taste. She responds, yeah, you should see my boyfriend. (laughs) And he's like wait wait wait! say that again for the camera
1: yeah like she's really funny yeah and like actually really good at stuff she's, she's so down like to earth super down to earth and super nice and so not what this Jen relationship was yeah because Jen is in this version of it as an Instagram model and it's uh-huh. like really fake and that relationship was super toxic so this is I think Peter's first experience with a girl who is actually pretty chill and like very grounded and really not interested in the fame thing and doesn't treat him like a stepping stone to whatever
0: has been Banana manana notes five hours ago. Anyone noticed how much more relaxed Peter is now? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want a catfighter shit, but he never really looked happy with Jen. It's so nice to see him acting like himself again. No. And Mrs. Kavinsky's comment at the end of the chapter uh, was LJ's look of horror at 126. Oh, you sweet summer child, you cinnamon roll, too beautiful, too pure. <laughs> I was like, is that Aaron? Aaron? Is Aaron Mrs. Kavinsky? Yeah,
1: this person really got the voice of YouTube comments and like fandom comments. It's incredible. It's really accurate.
0: Yep. (laughs) So, uh, the second chapter and the last chapter in this, uh, kind of opens with Peter asking Laura Jean if he'll go, if she'll go to a party with him, which is a little strange because she has been going out to parties with him before. And so she understands like, oh, this is like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Is she gonna be there? And he's like, yeah, she will. And she asks, are you trying to make her jealous? And he says, what? No, how? What? No! a little. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not jealous in a fight to get me back way. More look at what you gave up on and how much better I am off without you. If that makes sense. And it does. Yeah. So they go to this party and it's really cutesy and he Mm -hmm. like goes to get her a drink or whatnot and she's very comfortable. She's with Chris and Lucas, I believe. Mm -hmm. And she looks at Jen from across the way and is intimidated a little bit.
1: She also has this moment where she was like, oh, Jen looks so different in person.
0: That's right.
1: She uses a lot of Facetune in her Instagram, which yep. I guess makes sense, but Laura Jean does have this little moment of like being a little petty, which is like actually really great. It's so good because Laura Jean can be a little petty, she can come across as really sweet and innocent, but she can also be a little not that. Mm-hmm. And that was a great nod to that character trait of hers where she can be a little petty.
0: I loved it. So at some point, Larjene asks Peter to go get her a slice of pizza, and he goes. And that's the moment Jen chooses to strike. Yeah. And so she like corners him. Like it looks like they're having a pretty intense discussion. Yeah. But Laura Jean is just like, no, like, I'll just let them, like, I don't want to intrude and make it a a bigger thing. And then Peter comes up, just stalks over to her with no pizza and and tells her, hey, we're leaving. Let's go. And she's immediately like, game free. She's like, yeah, great. And he, like, kisses her, like, pretty, not aggressively, but, like, with gusto.
1: Yeah, like, with feeling. But up to this point, Laura Jean had instituted a no PDA rule. That's right, yeah. She had said at the beginning of the party, it's fine. The PDA rule doesn't apply tonight. So it wasn't without consent, but it was something out of character for their relationship up to this point and a little bit jarring and she wasn't super expecting
0: it yeah they end up at a diner and we love a diner we
1: love a diner <laughs>
0: it's so cute also
1: a movie reference oh mm-hmm.
0: you should have told me to watch this movie Aaron. i'm blaming you
1: I thought it went with the thing. I thought that happened. You were supposed to have watched it months ago.
0: Any whomst.
1: Oh my god, not again.
0: So Peter's like in a bit of a funk and Largene asks like, hey, is everything okay? And he looks at his phone and he's like, she's blowing up my notifications. Essentially, like she's on her Instagram story calling him out and making him look like the bad guy, which is what she did at the beginning right before he broke up with her. Like that's how manipulative she's been. Lara Jean says, you know, we'll open Instagram, let's give her a taste of her own medicine. And they just, like, they took, like, a cute diner selfie, no fancy captions or anything, but just, like, a really, yeah. like, a snapshot of a really lovely moment. That's it's wonderful. Yeah. So a thing that was established right before the party, uh, or at the first party when they were at VidCon, is that she had made out with John Ambrose the year before. And it was established that it was nothing, but John Ambrose is part of this like uh, squad. So at some point uh, after the diner, the cute diner moment, John Ambrose finds Laura Jean in the kitchen. As she was like getting a snack or something, and he has like this old book that his grandmother had collected of a bunch of recipes and stuff. And her, his grandmother wanted her to have it mm-hmm. because John Ambrose had like shown her some of her videos and her grandmother liked her a lot and wanted her to have it and it was this like really sweet moment and Lara Jean was like oh well you should collab you should come on and we can try to bake one of these recipes and Peter is like at the doorframe and of course no one noticed that and he's very like hurt about it because yeah. the collabs had been just between Lara Jean and Peter at this point point yeah and he's like oh so now we're just gonna let other people in that's fine uh, and Christmas came and went and that was the end of their contract period, so they were no longer obligated to, like, fake date or whatnot. They come back, uh, so um and Kitty come back from Korea, where they spent Christmas, uh, to Chris being like, pack, we're going somewhere. They go to this, like, cabin.
1: Well, in the movie, it's a ski trip. Like, it's a class ski trip. I see. So this translated into them going up to a cabin in the snowy mountains. Right,
0: to spend New Year's. So there was room in Peter's car, like, one spot in Peter's car and one spot in Chris's car, and Laura says, I'm going with Chris, and it's awful.
1: Yep. And Peter's like... Mm. Yep. Mm.
0: And I think at this point it's just because Laurine is trying to like... She knows she likes him, but is trying to like put some distance between them. Right.
1: Well, their contract's over and she's like, he has no reason to like still want to be around me. Exactly. Like, it's over. Mm-hmm. It's fine.
0: So if the, they're but at the I'd cabin. But I'd like to still be his friend. Yeah. yeah. So if they're at the cabin and they're everyone's having a good time and someone... Let me see who is. It. I think it's Lucas... Lucas comes up to her and tells her, hey, you should go talk to him. He's moping.
1: And she's like, what do you mean he's moping? I'm the one with the feelings and the pining. And he goes, oh no, baby. Yep. Oh no. Who's the one who instituted a no PDA rule? Who's the one who has been distancing herself from him? Who's the one who like, who was like super open to like collabing with other people versus who's the one who got all salty? (laughs) If anyone's pining in this relationship, girl, it's him. And he's the one moping in the hot tub. So go
0: get him. (laughs) You've read this more than once.
1: (laughs) It's
0: also exactly what happens in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, so she goes to the hot tub in her Hello Kitty pajamas and asks, like, hey, why are you ignoring me? And he's, like, real bitter, bust about it. He's like, what do you mean? I'm the one ignoring you. He's like, I had these, like, a bunch of snacks. And, like, Japanese sodas and Pocky and, like, stuff for us to listen and talk about because it's a four-hour trip. Yeah. And you chose to go with Chris. It was the saddest thing. Yeah. Not really, but it was funny.
1: Yeah. But then she's like, well, I don't really know how to date people. That's not a thing I do. Yep. And I didn't know. He's like, mm-hmm. Okay. And then they like make out in a hot tub. Yep. And that's the end. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Pretty much it. Yeah. They, and they are. decide to be together for real. Yeah. They talk that's about the how the, the, the contract
0: ended on Christmas and they're like, yeah, cognizant of that fact and they still make out. So. It's
1: like, of... oh, yeah, this is real. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Despite not having seen it.
0: It was really cute. I enjoyed myself. I thought it was really clever in how it used YouTube and like Instagram and social media. I love Fix That are very smart about how they do that.
1: Yeah. I think it can be yeah. difficult to pull off well. Yeah. This this one integrates it really well in a way that feels really authentic, and we've mm-hmm. used that word a lot, but it feels really sort of, like, genuine, and yeah. it's not, like, a forced trope. It is...
0: It feels organic to the Yeah, thing. it yeah. does.
1: And it doesn't feel like they're really just, like, shoving mm-hmm. this shtick on exactly. these characters. It's like, oh, no, in this situation, this is what they would do.
0: I loved it, yeah. So I would give this, give this a three. Very enjoyable. I just...
1: I wonder if your rating would go up if you saw. If yeah, I or saw really? the movie,
0: yeah, I, I wonder that too. Yeah, because I can't really think of anything I didn't like.
1: But I think you miss. Some I miss. A l-
0: yeah, I must have missed like a lot of the relationship building because mm-hmm. the one thing that this doesn't do that other fix that I've read do is like characterization. I think this relies pretty heavily on you knowing the characters and yeah. them, the characteristics and it what does. they do. So that might affect my my score.
1: Yeah, well, like because all of the boys in the squad are yeah. boys who, who are she has wet. loved before. Yeah, <laughs> so they're you. Used very differently in this sure. narrative than they are in the movie but it's I think important to like have the context for people mm-hmm. and like the whole fake dating established thing mm-hmm. is from the book and the movie right. and like that's an important thing to know so anyway. I'm glad that you enjoyed it despite that and like I would actually recommend that you see this cool we should have a movie night yes you should come over we'll watch this movie and then you should reread this fic and see and actually read more of the let's make it a double feature
0: with the winter soldier <laughs>
1: yeah very different <laughs> <laughs> Very different. But yes, do that and then revisit this fic and see if it changes your mind. I probably it. will, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Cool.
0: Cool. And finally, what did I send you, Aaron? You
1: sent me Married for a Week? Question mark exclamation point. By Gravity Centered on AO3. Three guesses as to what it is, friendos. Because it's One Direction RPFic. <laughs> Harry and Louis Tomlinson! Yay! Who I still read as Louis, but it's fine. Well,
0: you know though.
1: I do know. In this one, the tags are Alternate Universe, College University, YouTuber Louis, Fake Marriage. Mm-hmm. Louis. God fucking damn it! <laughs> you did <doing> so well. <laughs> I just did it. YouTuber Louis and Fake Marriage. This is not
0: your episode for name pronouncing. It's not my episode
1: <laughs> for names. The summary is in italics, which I think is actually kind of important. And it says, Hi guys, smiley face. You might recognize Harry from one or two of my old videos. I was tagged in the married for a week challenge, so I asked him to be my husband. We had to live together for a week and take each other out on a couple romantic dates in that. Check out the video to see how it went, smiley face. Give it a like if you enjoyed and maybe subscribe if you haven't already. Love you all. Dash Louie X. And I want to preface this with I really liked it. Sure. It was a little bit less narratively clean than I think some of the other things that you've sent to me. Yeah, But sure. I also think it was largely because the writer, one, was writing very heavily in a UK-based accent. Mm-hmm. So that came through very clearly. And it yeah. was also written as somebody would speak. Yes. Yeah. So you were losing some of the grammatical cleanliness of the narrative, mm-hmm. but you got a very real sense of like, oh, this is happening real time. Right. Which is interesting in a YouTuber AU. Mm -hmm. It goes day by day through basically what happens in this Married for a Week challenge video, which is a ripoff of BuzzFeed's actual Married for a Week challenge Uh videos. Louis is an established YouTuber, and Harry is his, like, ex-roommate... Friend he's a little distant from now, and somebody that he he has said yes to being his fake husband for the week, which is a recipe for yes! a, a good thing. <laughs> so it starts off and they're not distant per se, but they're very like friendly with some like space in between. Yeah, like, I would say. Yeah. There's like moments where they're like, haha, this is so funny, like we're just gonna like be married for a week, super cool. And you don't know a lot of their background. Mm-hmm. Like you aren't given much description about established relationships in terms of what their friendship was like or anything like that. You just know that these people are involved exactly. and they're doing this thing. It goes a little bit beyond what the video shows, but it does basically go through the filming of the video right. as it happened. So he asks Harry to be his fake husband for a week and he says yes. And they're like, are we starting now? And he's like, yeah, sure. But like, maybe you should go grab a bag because you actually have to live with me for the week. And <laughs> Harry's like, okay. He's like, I have so much shit to do though. And he's like, you already said yes, too bad. So it like taxis. yeah, so they do that and they start filming and they just, it gets off to a little bit Bit of a like, not awkward start, but there is a little bit of a like, oh, that we're filming, getting
0: used to it, getting yeah.
1: used to it kind of thing. And Harry's really kind of like game for it, but you know, just sort of like new and is like, all right, this is kind of fun, haha. They go to Louis's house, and Harry makes fun of him because his house is a mess. <laughs> they go buy each other wedding rings, yes. from, like a Goodwill or whatever. Like, so they buy each other these rings, and then they really kind of lean into like the campiness of it, yeah. and they're like, honey, I'm home every time they come home, and it's just like they're just being really silly mm-hmm. and then I think the moment that it shifts and you start to get a sense that they have some history is when they're getting ready for bed and Harry comes around and he's like fully naked yup and he just walks in and he's like Louis talking to his camera and he's like so I don't know if you guys knew this but Harry and I used to live together how much you want to bet he's going to come into this room full naked right now I would bet a lot of money because I lived with him for long enough to know and he does and he was like told ya and he comes in and he like puts some underwear on which is like good and then they <laughs> Decide to share... They're going to share a bed. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to... We're going to do this and that's going to be fine. They're very comfortable with each other in that yeah. moment. Yeah. I was like, that is not a thing that I would have with Friends. Like, that's sort of the first indication to me that, mm-hmm. like, something else has happened here. Right. But it's very much framed as, like, nah, that's just, like, they're friends, and it's mm-hmm. cool. But I was like, hmm, 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 hmm. You are a little bit comfortable with this <laughs> sleep body, which is interesting. So they sleep, and it's cute, and they go to bed, and it's great. And he's like, are you going to stay up a little bit longer? And he's like, yeah, can you sleep with the light on? And they're like, yeah, it's fine. And they go to bed, and it's very normal. It's like very friends sleepover normal. Yeah. It's very domestic. And then the next morning, Louis wakes up, and he opens his camera, and he's like, Harry snores. <laughs> 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 this is the worst. This is why I don't share a bed with him. It's been years I had forgotten. Yep. And Harry's like, I'm so sorry. So Harry goes to class and Louis realizes that they never actually officiated their marriage. They never had a ceremony. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to go collect him from school and we're going to go do this. And it's going to be great. So they grab their friend, Zane. Zane is in this one.
0: He is, but he's not the officiator. Oh, he's
1: hanging out with Harry and yes. he, Louis steals him from Zane. Yeah. And he goes with Niall. Yeah. And Niall officiates a fake wedding in a park (laughs) that everyone who's there thinks is real. And they have a moment of like, oh, shit. (laughs) Oopsie. That's okay. It's fine. They kind of think it's funny and they like move on. So they officiate this cute little wedding. They then go on a couple of dates. Woot woot. And through the course of the dates, the sort of romanticism of it builds. Mm -hmm. And you start to get the sense that like, this might be opening a door for particularly Louis But also Harry Seems to be taking this Fairly seriously And mm-hmm. like You feel like oh, I see where this is going <laughs> You know You go through it And there's Dates where they go to the beach And it's really pretty And they go and Look, look at the stars And it's really romantic And they can reconnect For the first time Again with the star dates
0: I God I want mean that date Me too Okay really quick tangent I, I don't know I might have told you this. I was dating this guy In central When I was living in central Texas We were together for like A month or something Really mm-hmm. short And he Wanted to take me to hang out with his friends meet his friends so we went and it was like out there it was like a half hour away from the city i was living in and so in the yeah. middle of texas nothing but like farmland it was crazy so we yeah, got to the trailer the tobacco, w- sure. yeah where his friends were like hanging out and i got out and i looked up and the star, it was, had never been brighter yeah. and it was like when i was once i was like hey come here look at this and he didn't care he was just like but <gasps> well, my friends are inside Dumb like, him. <laughs> got- he's like come on let's go and i was like but uh, oh and I did. I dumped in like two days later. Fantastic! That Good was job. the moment I was like, I. I would think that was the moment I was like, I, I can't do this. If yeah. you can't take a moment to stop and look at this and wonder with me, I don't. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, no,
1: not your person. I will say. Yeah. I promise not to go down the magician's path during this episode. <laughs> <laughs> But there's an interview with Hale Appleman where they asked him, you know, if you were to take someone on a date, what would your perfect idea of a date be? And he was like, it was like a speed round question. Yeah. He was like, uh, uh, take them up to the you know tallest building in New York and look at the skyline. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's really good. Oh,
0: my God. I was
1: just like, I'm imagining myself yes. on this New York City uh, building skyline with this beautiful man. And uh, I want it so badly. So anyway, that's my Hale Appleman divergence for today.
0: Yeah, that was the one. You're done. I
1: get one. <laughs> anyway, back to this One Direction RPF that <laughs> you sent me, because you also fantasize about celebrities. Yeah, well, let's not, not, let's not cast, I don't know what you're talking about. let's not cast stones from our glass houses. <laughs> okay,
0: but I didn't send you two One Direction fics in one week.
1: You didn't, but this is the second RPF fic that you sent me in this batch that we're talking about. <laughs> um, anyway, so Louis largely is sleeping with pajamas on. I don't know about what about it, but he loosens up and he ends up sleeping in just like underwear next to him. And it's the first time that they sleeping basically like skin to skin yeah. and he just is like oh shit <laughs> oh fuck he, he, he cute i'm cute i guess I boner. <laughs> that
0: would be your fan fiction
1: yeah, it was great and so he's just like oh no so they get to sort of later in the week and they have to go on these dates and they're getting more and more elaborate mm-hmm. as it goes on and they have that moment where they're like, oh, it makes it feel more real, doesn't it? And, like, he's like, yeah, it feels like there's some elements of this that are more real than not, I think. Like, oh, I really, I do care about you as a person. Is that the date where... Oh, no, it's after the beach where Louie vlogs about Harry and I used to hang out all the time... That stopped when I moved out with my girlfriend. I no longer live with that girlfriend, but we've been building back up our friendship because there was a period of time where I really didn't talk to him very much, and this right. week is actually really great. So they go to the fair after that, and it's so stinking cute. It's
0: adorable. It's
1: really adorable. And, like, Louis wins a teddy bear for Harry. <laughs> but,
0: like, by telling... But, by
1: telling that <laughs> The carnival lady who runs the, like, ring toss game that they're married and he's trying to win something for his husband and she, like, gives him it. And I'm like, you lied again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but
0: for the greater good. Yeah, and it
1: was really cute. And he was like, are you sure? And she's like, I have a bunch more of these in the truck. Don't worry about it. Yep. So they have this, like, really super cute date and they go up on the Ferris wheel and Louis keeps having these little moments of, like, no, this is for us, which yeah. is very romantic but also very, like, feelingsy, y where all of a sudden he's like, I don't even want to film this right now because this is for me. Yeah. And like that is where you realize, oh, this means more to him. Mm -hmm. And then they just start sleeping and they're just like deeply entangled. I love a good, there's a Tumblr post going around that was like, give me fake dating. Give me sharing a bed. I want surprise limb (laughs) entanglement or I want nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Give me limb entanglement.
0: (laughs) Would it be fair to say, Aaron, that people can see this post on our Tumblr?
1: I did reblog it on the Tumblr (laughs) because it was so accurate where I was like, yes, I do want surprise limb entanglement. Same. It's so good. Oof. So, they wake up and they're like, okay. <laughs> Louie gets a little bit of like a morning boner over Harry's tattoos. Because it's the first time he really takes a look at them and is like, ooh, you've gotten new tattoos since I last saw you. Yep. You're a little bit more toned since the last time I saw you. Shit, you're really great. And he's just like, oh, no. And then Harry goes to, like, make him breakfast. And Moody's like, fuck. <laughs> you were really cute. Oh, boy. Some feelings that I had buried are resurfacing. Exactly. Really is what it is. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, but I don't know how Harry feels about me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they get to their last day. And they have this conversation in their last quote-unquote date where they go and get like a milkshake or whatever and they really Mm -hmm. talk about you know Louie's like I wonder if I made the wrong choice moving out and like leaving you behind for this girl and Harry's like I don't hold it against you like you made the best choice given what you felt at the time and like just because you know he was like yeah something was blossoming between us but like you knew you loved her yeah and Louis like I don't know man like I you know it wasn't fair anyway we cut it And, like, I did love her, but I also kind of regret that it put a stop to us. I kind of thought I could have both. Yeah. And he was like, well... You know, we're back together now as, like, friends, and we're rebuilding and stuff. And they're like, well, I'm just really glad that we're seeing each other. I've missed hanging out with you. And then when they get home, Harry's like, all right, well, you go lay down. It's been a long day. I'm going to just go, like, cook up something quick. Do you want dinner? And he actually is like, yeah, oh, yeah. And then do you want to do your confessional thing? Because Harry was like, oh, I should take the camera and do a little bit of a, like, how I'm feeling about it thing. Right. So he goes, yeah, I'll do that. You go take a nap. You probably shouldn't be around for that anyway. And then I'll just make dinner and it'll be fine. So Louis goes to, like, lie down, and in that interim space, Harry records his confessional and also sets up, like, this beautiful little, like, candlelight dinner, puts the camera behind, like, a book on the bookshelf, (laughs) and is like, I made you dinner, and Louis's like, you did all this while I was sleeping? And he's like, yeah, and he's like... What okay? (laughs) And Harry's like, well, I just wanted to have like a good last night together. And Louis sort of like bravely is like, it doesn't have to be the last one. And they go for it. Yeah, they do. (laughs) They kiss, and it's super cute, and it's super romantic. (laughs) And Harry's like, oh, you should know the camera's on. (laughs) Like that's a thing that I'm going to tell you right now. But like, go any further. Yeah, and Louis's like, what? And he's like, where'd you put it? And he was like, well to get your reaction. and then I didn't expect you to kiss me, but, like, it's cool. And then they have dinner, and it, it's really cute. Harry just ends up being, like, a little, like, octopus of affection. Yeah. And he's just so into him, and he's just Retweet
0: like, for octopus of attention.
1: Yeah, really. And he was just like, Louis, like, I have to do some editing. And Harry's like, it's fine. I could just, like, distract myself <laughs> by kissing your neck a whole lot. Yes. And he's like, that's distracting. And he's like, it doesn't have to be. Like, you can take care of yourself. It's fine. I'll just be over I here, like, cuddling the shit out of you oh he's like oh my god so they like jump each other's bones but in a super super romantic way and they have a really good night together and they talk out what they want next and where this is going to go from there and they're together <laughs> Louie's like, boyfriend, huh? Bit of a downgrade, isn't it? Husband to boyfriend. (laughs) And Harry's like, we could just put our divorce on hold for a bit. (laughs) like, it's fine. And Louie's like, yeah, that's cute. So Um, they've decided that they're going to be like an established couple. I loved this. I think I needed it, given all of the angst that I had rehashed and opened up. And like, this was just... The phrase tooth-rotting fluff comes to mind. But it was really good. And, like, I liked it a lot. I'm
0: glad.
1: Even though I think prose-wise... It's right. not as on point as some of the other things that we've discussed. I think it comes from a narrative choice more than like not necessarily being well done. Right. I think there's elements of it where the grammar's not great. But sure. like, it certainly didn't take me out of it. And in fact, because it was so colloquial, it actually made it better in some ways. Because I was like, yeah, oh, I can hear works. this video coming together. Like I can see it. Right. So that was cool. I would definitely rate this like a solid 3.8.
0: Nice! Oh, Yeah, yay. yeah.
1: So, your, so glad your average just went up I high.
0: know. Honestly, the mm-hmm. last, like, two episodes, my average just shot up. Yeah. I'm so happy. So,
1: it was a good time. Thank you for sending this. I, of course. I, I don't think I will ever understand the appeal of One Direction, ever.
0: But... I, I have to be honest, I don't know where it came from. Yeah. Like, I, yeah cause like, I, I, I didn't mm-hmm. listen to One Direction. I like, yeah. like, two songs, and that's right. it. But I didn't, like, follow any of the drama between them when they broke up, and, like, mm-hmm. nothing... Yeah. But something about reading the, like, Harry and Louie like, mm-hmm. just does it for me. Like, it just feels like one of those pairings that I really like.
1: Maybe it's because we don't know a whole lot about what's going on. It's kind of like, you can just kind of it's, put them in all sorts of situations and it's it works.
0: It, yeah, and it's helpful, like, to have just, like, pictures of them, you know? Yeah. Because I feel like, even, like, with the Quellia thing, there's a pressure when I'm reading something that's Quellia, knowing that there's canon behind it. Right. Whereas with RPF... There's not really a canon. There's just mm-hmm. their lives, and we don't know that, and that's the way it should stay, you know? Right. So yeah. You can just imagine. Exactly.
1: Do you know what's weird is I don't actually read a whole lot of RPF huh. in general, despite the fact that I have a very vivid imagination <laughs> with certain celebrities who shall <laughs> remain nameless, go back about mm, 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, but I don't, actively, I don't actively seek out RPF of celebrities that I have, like, crushes on or anything like that. Oh,
0: yeah, I think that would be... That'd be interesting. I don't know that that's I could not, do that either. That's
1: not really a thing that I do. I mean, the only actor that I read any amount of RPF of is Chris Evans. I was about to say, yeah. But it's never him with other actors. It's yeah. always him with either a reader self-insert, which is a whole genre fic that we should talk about I at was going to say, I,
0: I love a good reader self-insert. Me too. Yes. I love those. I
1: actually think they're delightful. Same. Or him with, like, an original female character. Yeah who is essentially a reader self-insert with yeah. a name. <laughs> that's, that's what that is. I was like, okay. But it's interesting because I don't I do not do this type of RPF often where it's like mm-hmm. two real people. Right. Like, that's not what I go for. That makes sense. Yeah, no. It was a good time. Cool. Well done.
0: I'm glad that we ended on the fluff as opposed to the heart-wrenching angst that was last episode.
1: Yeah, I agree. This was <laughs> a good We needed part. to, like, calm down. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> we got real deep there for a minute, then we had to just, like, back up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> gonna say a phrase that like I can't wait lies the thing it's like fanfiction aftercare <laughs> We had to be just gentle with each other for a little bit. Yep. I just outed myself as someone who reads slightly kinkier stuff that I have copped to up till oh, now. Oh, I
0: can't. We're going to do a kinky week at some point. <laughs> it, it'll we be should. great. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, it's going to be super fun. It's going to be great. Keep listening to the pick list. Please. <laughs> because, boy, this only gets more fun the longer we do it.
0: <laughs> and hey, be part of the conversation. Send yeah. us your recommendations, any fix that you've read recently or that you are reading. Yeah. I will it. say
1: we try to keep it to things that are less than 20 chapters or like not crazy long just so we can actually read it before we talk about it. Yeah. But that's not to say don't send us stuff that you like that's longer because we might do a couple of like more long-term fic episodes. Think, yeah. So um, send us your stuff that you're into and definitely get us out of these <laughs> fandoms that we're just oh, 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 so, five of them. <laughs> so settled into. Like, Please, yeah. There's a Google doc that you can actually get from oh, our Twitter yeah. account and you can submit stuff anonymously there. You can put your name on it if you want, but well, we Tweet won't us. know who it is Just send us, you know, send us your recommendations and it's a good time. So. Yeah. Follow us on Tumblr. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on iTunes, Spotify, and or SoundCloud. Yeah. And then, you know. Tell your friends, Reach out. Yeah, tell your friends.
0: (laughs) Rate, review. We will see you guys on the next episode.
1: Bye.